Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you are about to hear was originally recorded on June 20th, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. This is a public service announcement. The views expressed within the Cups and Cakes radio show do not necessarily represent the views of the artist featured within. So if you're easily offended, well, go cry to your mom then. Unless uh, she's dead. Then I sincerely apologize. All right, on with the show. got the chance to talk to Victoria Pop Act Bridal Party the morning after their Thursday night show at Sled Island this year, and we talked about the release of their debut record, Too Much, which is going to come out on Kingfisher Blues here on August 23rd. Became one of my favorite records this year while listening to it to prepare for the interview, and they've released a run of great singles leading up to the record, including the disco-flavored title track that we're going to feature at the end of this episode. It's pop music done in a way that's danceable and sophisticated, and the conversation I had with them in Calgary showcases the band's thoughtful and patient approach to getting to the best version of a song possible. They're going to be out on tour in support of the album, so find out when they're coming close to you and do try your best to go check them out. Without uh, further ado, here's Bridal Party. Hey, good. We're doing good. <laughs> uh, you guys had your first show last night, right? Yeah, first and only show. First and only at mm-hmm. the Legion? Mm-hmm upstairs how did uh, how did things go for you it was good yeah it was um pretty well attended okay festival shows are always, always feel a bit rushed i think because you don't get a sound check but that's fair yeah ended up fairly like i guess are they technically good regardless like it kind of came together it sounded good to the audience that's what they told us anyways um <laughs> And it was, yeah, it was fun to play, and it was the last show on the short tour that we're doing, so there's, like, this sense of being, like, all right, now we're just at the festival, like, everyone else to see the music. Right. What was the tour leading up to it? Uh, We went to Fino and Nanaimo and Victoria, where we're from, on Vancouver Island, and then Vancouver, Kamloops, Golden, here. So just about a week and a half or so. Okay. Yeah, because then I guess that way it's like a tour leading up to this, and then you take a few days off and just kind of do the festival. Yeah. Who are you guys looking forward to seeing then? We saw Japanese Breakfast last night, which was really lovely. And tonight, I think Jessica Pratt we're going to see. Black Belt Eagle Scout is playing after that, too. Might go to that show. Okay. Uh, I uh, Truthfully, I only knew about the tour... Uh, because it came up as the part of the factotum thing. I didn't actually initially know that you guys were kind of associated with them, but... Yeah, JP, who runs factotum and has a band called That Mission, Dolores, uh, made a really nice run of tapes for our... He put our last two EPs onto one cassette, um, and it's just like a big part of the scene in Kamloops. He seems like he supports it kind of just through his own like sheer will and like organizational power and good mood. Um, and he's been super supportive and given us like a great place to play every time we go through town it was like the third issue of the cassette uh, of the, at least of the first cassette and maybe the second of negative space which is our release from 2017 um so it was kind of like you know we're only ever making like 30 or 50 at a time gotcha and it was like yeah we we met him a little later 
fair. How, uh, so like the first EP was 2015, right? So how long were you guys kind of like around before that? Or was that kind of like pretty close I think to the start? Four months. <laughs> before, before the EP? Before the EP, yeah. No, like a month, maybe two months. Two months. Before we yeah. started recording? But uh, Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't long. Although Susie had, I think, like this vision for a minute beforehand or like the idea of like making a project with the songs that were on the EP, uh, or at least some of them. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess then what was the impetus behind like this specific collection of people? Mm -hmm. Jordy joined the band two years ago. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say because I noticed some lineup change throughout. Yeah, but our it's keyboard generally... players. Sorry, our keyboard players haven't stuck around until now. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. They always do like really incredible, and then they write one song, and then life takes over, and they leave us with their song, and then we have to find a new <laughs> keyboard player. Um, but we're breaking that curse with Jordan. He's the best. Uh, I I know Jordan. You don't have a mic, but you I imagine then played keys on most of the new record too, right? <clears throat> Me and Sean both played, so the last keyboard player played on like some of the tracks, and then I played on some, and some has both of us on it. Okay. How, how long has that kind of that record been in the works? Then, because I know that's out in August now, and we'll talk more about that. I imagine, but I think for about a year and a half was our first session record. Isn't it over two now? Yeah. We started recording that September two years ago. Yeah, September 2017. So August will be like two weeks or a week short of when we started recording it. So it'll be almost, yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. That's a long process. A lot of learning, a lot of learning and like a really good process and uh, mostly guided by ourselves as well, which is why I think it took time and also like why we can stand behind it even after that time. For sure. Uh, did you guys do a lot of like the actual writing in the studio, like, or was it mostly that like, you walked in with the songs and then just had a long period of kind of fine tuning and cleaning up? And the last three we did. Yeah, I mean, at the be yeah, the, the last three songs that we recorded on the record, we did like a pretty intensive, like, demoing period in our uh, home studio is a stretch, but in our rehearsal space, okay. um, and then. We took like three days to finish three song ideas that we had been kind of fooling around with for a while and then took those demos into the studio and by then we had already like recorded most of the rest of the record and like learned some just like basic like process things and like how to get the song structured okay. uh, and like recorded quickly because we're multi-tracking everything and also Lee who's been chatting on the mic recently is also our producer. Yeah. Um, so we're doing it all ourselves and he's also playing on the track so this is like I don't know it leads to like sort of like everyone's kind of like wearing a couple hats and like everyone's really involved um, but yeah I think that process was maybe the quickest before that it was songs we were playing live and it was a good challenge to have to go from playing them live to bringing them into the studio because this is not a live record so learning how to do that and like have those songs exist as a recording while still being true to like what you might see at a show you know right that that took a long time i think for us to figure out how to do there's a lot of arranging yeah i i you know what uh 
I feel like we should actually just take a moment because I'm, I'm curious because I listened to the record because Jeff had sent me a copy of it there. Uh, it's really, really interesting because uh, it sounds like a lot of different things pretty flawlessly work together, if you know what I mean. Uh, you have to kind of listen to it a few times to start picking out like, oh yeah, like there's bits of this and bits of that. Uh, like what are all of your kind of backgrounds musically? Like there's lots of different stuff in there. I'd be curious to hear you all talk about that a bit. <clears throat> well, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a keyboard player. Uh, I listen to a lot of keyboard music. Like I love, uh, I love a lot of jazz. Where did I learn? Oh, well, I basically taught myself. I started on guitar. And then kind of like got this really shitty keyboard, like a Casio keyboard and was like, I'm going to learn this. And I basically transferred my guitar knowledge to keyboards and then bought way nicer keyboards. And now that's my main instrument, <laughs> but mostly all self-taught. But I just listened to a lot of like jazz and lots of different music. Yeah. Um, I've been playing music since I was about 10 and I used to take lessons from my mom and I used to be in a choir but then I got a bit sick of piano and voice um, so I've just been writing songs and they used to be bad but they're getting a bit better over the last <laughs> 20 or 15 years I guess um, yeah I've just always been a songwriter and always had either piano or guitar in my life, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I probably started playing music around the same time, also um, mostly self-taught. Um, I did um, like a music kind of program in university, but I didn't play any instruments for it. I just learned theory. Uh, okay. But I mean, I was always playing during that time. Um, and then I kind of started uh, playing bass four years ago or whenever we started this band. Um, and that's been really fun. Um, musically, I don't know, probably like jazz and um, a lot of pop music. I was into metal at one point. Okay. But uh, now I just like pop music. Yeah, I think we're all becoming like big fans of pop music where like maybe a couple years ago we would have been kind of ashamed to say that but <laughs> <laughs> I think now we're just accepting it that we're all just like yeah pop music is great and that's <laughs> what we make yeah um but yeah following the trend I'm also pretty much completely self-taught um starting on the drums from a young age and then just kind of got obsessed and never really branched out into any other instruments so it's drums are my only thing <laughs> so yeah I guess like I've been songwriting since I was like yeah probably around like 14 or 15 so it's always just been something that I've done like as a creative outlet um, and I started playing music a few years before that probably I like I think I bought my first bass guitar when I was 11, or my parents bought it, and I did it um, because my best friend had bought a guitar and I wanted to be different but as cool as him, um, <laughs> and that's pretty much like the same baggage that I continue to carry around as an artist. <laughs> um, but yeah, just songwriting has always been like my first joy, so I've always focused more on that than like being like, I'm a guitarist and that's what I'm going to do. 
Um, but in this band, there is more of that role to fulfill as well. So that's always like an exciting challenge. Yeah, I feel like the focus on pop music is kind of interesting just because that means like pretty drastically different things depending on the context. So I'm, I guess uh, I'm curious then as to like, like what is pop music that you guys like? Like what makes good pop music? I think like more and more like pop or like the way I am seeing it these days is like is pop music is music not for everybody but like for anyone like anyone can enter that style regardless of like their background or their experience and like make art that other people can relate to even if like it's not like oh I've had that experience but you can like witness like someone's like drastically different experience than your own like through pop music um, I don't know about for us though I think it's just like a way to like keep accessibility and like personal experience at the forefront over say like genre. Right. It's kind of interesting because we like make pop music but not like simple pop music. You know we use a lot of like really weird jazz chords and like dissonances so it's kind of strange at the same time. <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I kept catching kind of like steely danish type yes. more than anything <laughs> i love being compared to them yeah just because the changes are like neat in that way right yeah it's pretty cool too just having two like really good songwriters for sure writing like most of the tunes and then we all just like sit down and like add our two cents like i'm not really a songwriter i'm more of like an improvisational like right i love jamming you know yeah so it kind of works nicely because they come with these like song ideas and then so, like me and lee <laughs> just come in and like put our put our little bits in and it turns yeah. out really nicely how, how do you guys approach that kind of improvising type like structure in like an actual studio setting like are you do you go in with like a pretty firm plan of kind of exactly what you're going to get done or are you kind of playing around a bit more? I feel like we were playing around like quite a bit. Like those last three songs that we wrote together, they were like really rough ideas and of just like a chord progression. And like, I just like went in and created some like riffs, right. you know, from jamming, from just jamming it out. Cause that's like what I like to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, <clears throat> it worked out pretty nicely. I feel like Lee could speak that too, because he's often guiding our studio experience. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, for guitars and vocals, I think coming in a lot of that is like very planned out, um, and, like practiced ahead of time. Um, drums usually have like come along with that too. We all almost always start with drums and. Um, then go to guitars and then add like the bass and keys after the fact um, and then sort of at the end getting the vocals and just kind of extra stuff in there. I feel like there's often a lot of like the experimentation comes in like less obvious places like overdubbing and like playing around with tone or like what instruments we're using to record the parts that was like I feel like when we got the most playful in studio. Yeah or like recording stuff when you don't know it's being recorded. Yeah there's a couple <laughs> there's like some some of my better guitar takes on the album, I was like just playing along in the studio when I like could have been quiet and let the performer do their thing, but wasn't. And Lee just turned the recording on. And we're <laughs> like, that's a take. 
I'd say for like my bass parts too, it's like kind of similar to uh, Jordy there on keys where, um, you know, usually we'll, uh, even if it's not completely clear, we'll jam the song ahead of time. And so when it comes to recording, I'll kind of already have an idea of what I want to play based off of the jams. Um, but it's right. always nice to record and listen back and you can think, oh, how do I want to change this? Um, and one of the advantages of being the producer is that, uh, you know, a week down the road I can just make a new bass part if I thought the old one sucked and not tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I think sectionals are good too. Like we'll like come up with something we're working on and just like, I don't know, just like play one section over and over again until it like gains its own life and then kind of integrate it back into the part and that can often like inform what's happening around it quite a bit. For sure. Uh, too, like I, I haven't spent really any time meaningfully in Victoria at all, but what, like, what is the scene like there for what you guys are, are doing? Very hospitable these days. We have a wonderful audience there. It's pretty incredible. Um, there's like a few small promoters that are working really hard to like bring music of all styles like into and like yeah into Victoria. There's a festival culture that's kind of waning right now as like large festivals have like both like in the alternative world and in like the more mainstream world have like either taken a year off or been canceled due to like other funding or like being sold or just people burning out. So it feels like it's hard to know what it's going to be like in the future but um, yeah, I don't know, like, all those genres of, like, it's not a big enough city for there to be, like, an R&B scene and a pop scene and, like, a folk scene and not have those things, like, share boundaries. Yeah, do, pe- do people, I guess then, do people stick around is the other question, because definitely in Edmonton there's a real kind of exodus every couple of years of people to Toronto or Vancouver or wherever, Montreal. Uh. <laughs> what do you folks think? We're still here. They stick around, Victoria. I feel like I don't live there. But <laughs> from me, Joy lives in Vancouver. From me, like going over there, like everyone's still there. <laughs> yeah, I think like like a lot of places, people do move away to bigger cities pretty often. But also, I've noticed that like quite a few people move to Victoria for music, which seems kind of strange because it's so small and and like isolated on an island. But um, I guess it's got a good reputation elsewhere, so yeah. We know like a few people who have left, but they often end up just like coming back after a year or two. It strikes me that maybe Victoria is like a good place to kind of like nest egg yourself for a little while and like place your talent and grow because there's a scene that's going to support you. And if you do something passionately, you will meet everyone else who's doing it passionately like pretty quickly. Um, And it's isolated, but like, not so much that there's no exposure and um, I don't know, everywhere in Canada is kind of far flung, so it's worth a shot. For sure. Uh, So the new record's out on August 23rd, correct? True. Kingfisher Blues. We did a 7-inch with them where they released the singles off our self-release DP, Negative Space, Um, and that was kind of our the beginning of our working relationship with Tim, but this is the first one where we've kind of like from the beginning or from pretty close to the beginning, like we're like, we're working with Tim and it's more of like, it's a much more involved project. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. A uh, record is called Too Much. You, I know you guys have a video right out right now for the title track. Do you guys have other, uh, just cause I truthfully don't know when this interview is going to come out, but do you guys have other stuff that you are planning to release in the next couple months for that? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, three more singles 
all spaced out over the next couple months. Uh, two of which have videos okay. to accompany them. And yeah, then the record comes out in August and there might be more stuff following that, but we'll see. Cool. Uh, sick. Well, we're probably going to shift over into the kind of rapid fire part of things here. It's just a bunch of kind of silly questions, but, uh, you know, have fun with them. Coffee or tea? Coffee. 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 I like coffee, but I think tea's better for you. Coffee. Nobody ever says tea. (laughs) (laughs) Cake or pie? Oh, pie, definitely. Versatile delicious home it's great cake definitely pie can be sweet and savory pie cake uh first car tbd (laughs) it's a electric blue 1991 ford ranger pickup truck nice with a pretty sweet grill on the front just (laughs) by the way it was lifted (laughs) oh boy that's sick uh 1989 jeep cherokee red gold rims uh wouldn't shift out of first and there was a (laughs) hole under the back seat (laughs) my first car was a 1998 chevy astro with a huge dent in the back oh yeah that was our tour van for a while it lasted just under a year um our friend owns it now actually it's still around uh, my first car was a 1991 Buick Century Special Edition. Uh, it was blue. It's a six-seater, and it came with uh, Tears for Fears songs from the Big Chair. <laughs> I love that album. <laughs> uh, what's the weirdest job you've ever had? Once. I came back from a trip and didn't have money for rent and got some work helping a contractor redo a house and I had to crawl under um, part of the foundation and pull out insulation and rat shit in a hazmat suit. Whoa. Brutal. Heavy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I've really had any weird jobs. I worked at an art gallery for a while and I basically just sat in a small white cube by myself for eight hours a day and it was the worst job. I've ever had that's for sure it wasn't that weird uh, I was a, a janitor at Micah Dam in BC um, which was pretty cool because you uh, drive like two kilometers underground and then there's an office building and so my job was to clean the office building and the visitor center which was like 500 meters up top and looked like something straight out of Jurassic Park <laughs> Where, where in BC is that? Uh, if you'd go to Revelstoke and then take the highway that goes nowhere, you'll get to Micah. <laughs> north? Yeah, you drive north. I think the strangest job, it, it wasn't that strange, but it was for a 16-year-old. It was like um, making beds in an Airbnb and actually just being in charge of it. Or not an Airbnb, a bed and breakfast. This is pre-Airbnb. But just being fully in charge of it when the boss was away and I'd have to go up at 6 a.m. and make everyone breakfast and I was just a child. (laughs) Uh, The strangest job I ever had was probably my first job, which was oyster picking. (laughs) Okay. It was like pretty gross, but like my best friend at the time was my boss. So we just went out every night and picked oysters. 
and it was stinky and just like gross. You were out in the middle of the night on the beach, just bent over picking oysters. <laughs> where, where do you do that? That like, was at uh, Max Oysters in Fanny Bay, which is like just south of the Comox Valley on Vancouver Island. Oh, okay. Classic oysters. <laughs> They're world famous. Uh, best movie you've seen recently? I saw Booksmart the other day. It was pretty funny. What, what is Booksmart? It's like super bad, but with female lead and I think not feel like female directors. Oh, okay, cool. It's the same concept, but very 2019. Some very current jokes. It's just the most recent one. Yeah, most recent. I'm just going to say my most recent one, too, which was mid-90s that I watched with Susie and Adrian here at the theater. Yeah. Uh, like that was my, a long time ago. Yeah, it was my <laughs> you first... You don't watch a lot of movies. It was like my first theater movie in like 10 years or something. It was pretty cool. I watched a really great South Korean film that I can't remember the title of that was mostly just about like lust and paranoia, and uh, that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Good oh, enough. I, yeah, my favorite movie is Bahubali. If you haven't watched it, you should. It's a, a Bollywood movie. Um, it's pretty recent, super high budget. Um, okay. About a, I don't know, kind of God King kind of movie. There's cool. definitely some like climbing up waterfalls and like pretty intense stunts. It's awesome. Well, uh, I was also there for the viewing of Booksmart. <laughs> it was great. Cool. Uh, sports or board games or video games? I'm gonna say sports, but I'm bad at all three. What card games? Oh, Ooh, yeah, card games. We're, Cribbage. We're a pro crib band. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cribs also, rough. Rummy. I have a soft spot in my heart for Rummy. That's a good game. Rummy's one of the ones where there's like several, like, I guess all card games are like that, but there's like four or five different kinds of Rummy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone has their own set of rules. So you always have to like make that clear before you start, or you're just gonna get into an argument. Sports. <laughs> I do like sports too. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like easy to get into if you're in a room full of people who like really give a shit. Do you mean watching sports or yeah. playing sports? Oh, watching okay. Sports. Nah. Just the finals. Well, Maybe. yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. I pretty much. I said sports, but like all I really like to do is like kind of medium badly throw a frisbee and then play crib. Is that, <laughs> is that sports? That'll do. Yeah. If you could open for any band, who would you choose to open Ooh. for? Stereo Lab. I'm like, how realistic should we be? Ah, choose whoever you want. <laughs> yeah. The Fantasy Bill. It's a. I still would really love to open for Tops. That was like our initial band fantasy, and it like still holds true. They're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we would get along with those folks. Oh yeah, also Crumb. Take us on tour, please. <laughs> uh, what about Carly? Carly Ray Jepsen. Oh, oh <laughs> Carly. Pop music. Uh, podcasts or radio? That's tough. I really like both. I listen to a lot of both. I love CBC Radio. Um, but I listen to a lot of podcasts too. I think we all do. Yeah, CBC, CBC and podcasts. Other <laughs> Very Canadian answer. <laughs> no, oh, campus radio though is really sick. 
CFUV 101.9. Check it out. CJSW. Also great. Uh, got any favorite podcasts? Any? Love and Radio is fantastic. Um, it's always just one person's story who knows what it could be about, but it's just a story told in somebody's own words. Okay. And it's very cleverly, like, edited. Oh, yeah. And every season, they have a secrets episode, which is, um, they have something called the secrets hotline that you can phone in on, leave a voicemail anonymously, say any detail of your life, and they collect the best of them and just play, like, 40 minutes of secrets. Okay. Uh, it's pretty real. It's pretty funny, too, though. Love and radio. <laughs> um, I really like Song Exploder. Um, I wish the episodes were longer, though. Or, like, maybe if they, like, put three or four songs into one episode. Um, yeah, that one's really good. Also, The Talk House. Okay. It's, like, an interview kind of thing. They just, like, take two artists and, like, make them interview each other kind of thing. Gotcha. Oh, that's cool. But the intro to that one is always, like, 25 minutes of the hosts just telling you what the artists are going to talk about. So yeah, you, you can skip to, like, the intro. You can scri- yeah, you can you can pretty safely scrub the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Ologies is my one of my favorites. It's like a science podcast by Ali Ward, and The Moth also is nice. I really dug um, Welcome to Night Vale when that came out. Oh yeah, The Dead Pod, <laughs> which is a Grateful Dead podcast. <laughs> I love The Grateful Dead. <laughs> But basically, they just play like a different show every single day, and some of them are acoustic, some are electric, <laughs> and it's super awesome. <laughs> cool. Uh, is there an album that uh, kind of spurred your love of music? Let go, Avril Lavigne, for sure. Does this look infected? Some forty-one. Probably like Backstreet Boys or. Um... Bare Naked Ladies. I forget which one of those albums came into my life first. But really, it was the uh, Lion King soundtrack cassette that I had in my car. Yeah, I can't place one album specifically. But probably, like, taking influence from whatever my dad listened to, Neil Young. Okay. Yeah, that was, like, the soundtrack to my childhood. I remember in, like ninth grade I didn't really know that much music and in my art class the art teacher was like all right what do you guys want to listen to Aerosmith or Pink Floyd and I was like never heard Pink Floyd I was like Aerosmith (laughs) and then I remember he put on the dark side of the moon and that was the first time I heard it and I was like holy shit (laughs) I was like this is crazy and then I like started listening to Pink Floyd all the time and that probably got me into like most of the music that I listen to now uh, if you could meet any of your musical idols, uh, I guess, who would you choose to meet and would you choose to actually do that? I fantasized about meeting Adrian Lenker from Big Thief for a while. Okay. I, yeah, I think it'd be nice. But you never know, you know? You never know if you're actually going to have a good convo. Or if it, yeah. But I love her. She's awesome. Um, you mentioned Steely Dan before. <laughs> And uh, I think it'd be so great to meet Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. He still tours with the Night Flyers, which is like 
all young college musicians backing him, which oh. is like really interesting to me. Yeah, because he just like tours, and then all his backing men is like these pro like teenagers. Yeah, I think Chuck Berry used to do that like in the '60s and '70s too. He yeah, would just super, tour and super interesting. So that'd be pretty sweet. He's not alive anymore, but one of my first inspirations was Joe Strummer, and I mean, he'd still, I think, just be like a really cool character to talk to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I, I would maybe choose not to meet any of my idols, just kind of keep it a mystery. Maybe it's more exciting that way. Yeah, I have met a couple people where you talk to them, and it's just like, oh, yeah, it was a bummer, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. but. Uh, I'd really like to meet Bootsy. Bootsy Collins. Man, have you ever seen there's these uh, uh, like learn to play bass instructional videos that he has on YouTube that are like the greatest thing? Because it must be like from the 80s maybe or the 90s, but I want to see this so bad. <laughs> I just have seen like videos of him hanging out at his studio with like various people that come through and it just looks so fun. Yeah, they're really good because it's him just playing quarter notes and then he's like, yeah, and then you just add a little groove to it and then he just plays and it's like, Super helpful. Um, I have seen those. That's yeah. where, like, um, he just keeps talking about, like, you got to get the one every second bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. You can play whatever you want as long as you get the one. Yeah. Uh, most recent uh, musical obsessions? I was pretty obsessed with the new Tori Moi album for a bit, Ordinary Pleasures. Okay. A few months ago. Oh, um,. Short phase with the new Blessed album, Salt. Cool Vancouver band. But also, I don't know, what else? The Faye Webster record, Atlanta Millionaires Club. That's something I've been listening to a lot. We've been listening to Winona Forever's new album, which is banging all the way through. Super great. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Benny Sings, but also just like city pop in general. Like very like Japanese 80s pop like influenced by America like all just like charged on this like urban vibe there's something about it that could almost be like cheesy smooth jazz but it's not it's like weird R&B from any city I don't know it's cool but yeah Benny Sings album City Pop is awesome okay. yeah City Pop is good there's this album from the 80s called First Light by Makoto Murushida and it like just got put on Spotify and I was so happy when it got put on Spotify and I just listened to it over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, this is kind of separate but out of curiosity the way that you guys listen to stuff do you tend to uh, do you tend to kind of cycle between a bunch of different things or do you find like one record and just like listen to it a bazillion times? Definitely one record. For me, or one band, you know, just like get obsessed with a band for like a month and just listen to like their whole discography and then like move on to another band. I'll usually get hooked on like four or five records at a time and then just like cycle through those and like some sort of like weird playlist. It can be really like disparate genre wise, but. Okay. I'm definitely the same as that. Uh, just like have a few records going at a time that I'm really into but sometimes it's weird to like cycle through because you know one will be like maybe um, Lana Del Rabies and like the next one will be Carly Rae Jepsen and like harsh noise versus like just extreme pop music is a little bit jarring to jump back and forth between 
I just listened to Sunno's Monoliths and Dimensions again. That record's great. Okay. Uh, two more questions. Uh, is there stuff that you haven't listened to that you're kind of like excited to check out? That's out, but we haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. It's like right there waiting for us. Yeah. The Runner's record I haven't listened to start to finish yet. I've heard some singles, but I'm really excited for the full thing. Yeah, Fellrunner's a great L.A. band that we've been playing with a bit more, and they've got a record out called Talking, or that's about to come out. Um, it, yeah, I think it or did it came come out, out yesterday? Came out yesterday, yeah. Oh, wait, no, it's this Friday. Mm. Um, we listened to the new Crumb album once on the way here. Um, I'm definitely stoked to give that one another listen, and then probably many, many more, and maybe get a little bit sick of it, but hopefully not. I think Lizzo, I've been meaning to check out Lizzo for a long time and I'm probably an idiot for not having done that but it's one I've heard a lot about too and I just yeah, haven't kind of gotten to yeah but. I've heard a few songs but I haven't like sat down with the album the newest Brockhampton record I haven't listened to and I think they're really cool okay cool and the very last one uh, do you guys have any uh, local recommendations to Victoria as to bands that you guys think are really great Oh, I have one. Band. Um, Pastel Blank is my favorite band in Victoria right now. They don't have any... Well, they have an EP that they released like a couple years ago that sounds much different um, compared to what they're doing now. But I think they're going to start releasing a couple singles this summer at some point. Or that's what I heard from them. I don't know if that's still going to happen. Anyway, they're really good. They're just like kind of a throwback to the Talking Heads a little bit, but like super current and cool, super funky. Diamond Cafe is pretty great. Love them if you like Wham or Prince. <laughs> You'll love Diamond Cafe. Sick. Teenage Wedding are good friends. Um, and they have a couple albums, uh, self-recorded albums out and like a new single that they're working on, but they're just like a really special band, especially to see live. And they do tour a good amount, so Teenage Wedding for sure. Um, and also Elan Noon is another amazing Victoria project. It's like really unique. Loving. Uh, quarterback. There's tons. There's tons of good ones. I feel like I'm forgetting some obvious things. <laughs> Loving and quarterback are good ones. I really like Death Cart, but they don't play anymore. Oh yeah, but the guys from Death Cart have a couple new bands. Numbing is a new one. Um... What's the other one kind of from that circle? Nature Walk. There's another another one. Corduroy. But that's the folks from um, ACAB Rocky. Okay, this is getting sidetracked. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, that's the last question I got for you guys. Uh, usually we wrap up the show by like playing a, a new track. But we can talk about too much because that's like the lead single and that video is out and the song is out. Um... Suze, do you want to talk about that tune? You wrote, uh, like, that tune. Yeah, I guess this tune is kind of about complicated relationships with yourself, because everyone has those. That's the lyric uh, theme. And then I just wrote out the chords on a piano. I was pretty, I felt like I was inspired by the B-52s and tennis for that song. Um, and we just wanted to make it pretty disco-y. And upbeat. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, the record is called Too Much as well. Mm -hmm. uh, 
It's out on August 23rd. Thank you guys so much for coming by. Thank uh, you. Happy sledding, I suppose. Yeah. Happy sledding. Happy sledding. Every time I catch the flu I dream of how many pounds I might lose Shallow navel, thick chagrin Oh, I'm so impressed My appetite hasn't kicked in Body becomes a fleshy burden Push-ups on my knees As I digress from corporate real Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Sean Newton. The featured track was played with permission from Bridal Party. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. 
Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.